You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Well, welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. Uh, I typically do an introduction at this point, but I'm going to tell a little story. Um, during COVID, I think many people discovered um, different hobbies, different vices, uh, whether it was discovering the baking of sourdough or it was uh, drinking or certain um you know, exercise techniques, whatever it was to get you through the days at home. Uh, well, my family, uh, having four kids and, and being at home for a long time and not always wanting to watch kids shows, I discovered a show, thanks to a friend of mine, uh, called The Great British Baking Show. And, and I fell in love. And, and it was those moments when they would pause and have tea. It was all the different accents from all over the different kind of areas of Britain. Um, and then, uh, you know, it was on the CBC uh, Gem app, which is where we also discovered Schitt's Creek, which I think then it went, went over to Netflix and kind of really took off. But I then realized that there was no more episodes left. But then my friend said, hey, there's the great Canadian baking show, which, again, the, the first I think the first two or three seasons with uh, Dan Levy was one of the hosts. Uh, and so I discovered the show. And um, it was in this season, uh, one of the seasons I discovered Colin. And Colin was this incredible, uh, one of the competitors. Uh, he, he sang at sometimes. He had fun. He was so kind to all the other, you know, fellow uh, competitors. And he was a great baker uh, amongst all those incredible traits. So Colin is with us today. All that to say, I really appreciate you being here today, Colin. Oh, thanks for that introduction and introductory story. That's so sweet. And uh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. And, you know, I think... Canada and the world really rediscovered their kitchens during the pandemic and specifically baking and more specifically sourdough. And I always like to say that sourdough is the other pandemic that we're still kind of dealing with. Um, and who knows when that'll end? Hopefully never because yeah. bread is love. <laughs> yes. You know what? During all the seasons, both British and Can you know, Canadian, I've never saw, you never had a baked sourdough bread, did you? I've never seen that. I'm yeah, sure. because like sourdough would take like sometimes days to make. And so you'll find like on the shows, like they really have to, uh, you know, tailor the challenges to the to those unique time constraints. And it's like they, they really create magic and they curate a really wide variety of recipes. But of course, you know, those days long recipes have to stay on the shelf. Yeah. And so season three, runner up, you made it to the final, the final, you know, few that were right there, which was incredible. And, and the show can now be found not just on CBC Gem, for those that uh, have that app, but also on Netflix, which is pretty That's great. That's right. We're on yes. Netflix Canada. I believe we're also on Amazon Prime Video. Um, so we're, and, and some other streaming services that are a little lesser known, but we're out there in the world. And it's really, really cool. And it's, it's so interesting to see how the viewership shifts because on CBC and CBC Gem, you know, unfortunately, it's a bit of a niche audience. Not everybody knows that CBC Gem is free to Canadians and has amazing programming. But as soon as we hit Netflix, because that is, you know, the streaming service on everybody's minds, um, viewership really skyrocketed and, and all of us competitors and alumni of the show found like completely new audiences. It was really, really cool. Yeah, and I think that's a similar echo to when Dan Levy would would talk about the the success of Shit's Creek. Like it was on CBC Gem, and I remember telling friends about it, and they're like, "What Gem? What, it, <laughs> I don't know this Gem thing. I don't want to download another app." Um, but then the minute Netflix took it on, it, the, the world discovered, you know, the 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 glorious, you know, what do we call it? The, what was his store called again that he owned? The, uh, the 
Roses Rose. and Sons? Rose Apocathery. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, but okay, your background, what you're doing now, you do marketing as a day job. So you got to take mm -hmm. some time out from the Retail Council of Canada to go on the show. And how long were you off for? How long did you need to be? Or was it just weekends? I was, so it, you do have to go away for a full chunk for the Canadian show. Okay. On the British franchise, on the British series, they really do film on weekends because, yeah. you know, the UK is, is a smaller place yeah. geographically. But in Canada, we got people from Newfoundland, we got people from PEI, we got people from Vancouver. So we film in pretty much one fell swoop with days off, obviously. Yeah. Um, I had to take, I think it was something like six or seven weeks off of work. Wow. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. And what was kind of funny about my situation was I don't think normally I would have been able to take that much time off of work. But I was actually transitioning from one role to another. Okay. So I was just rejoining Retail Council of Canada, where I'm currently the marketing manager. And I had worked there previously in, in the years 2014 through 2016. And upon my return, I said, listen, I, I would love to return, but I have this other project that I just signed on to. But because of NDAs, I couldn't say what it was. All no. I could say was that I'm working on a project with CBC. And Retail Council was like, um, okay, I guess we'll see you in six weeks, question mark. And I was like, yeah. yes, it might be sooner though. And then they were even more confused. They're like, what do you mean it might be oh, sooner? Oh, because anyway. it might be sooner. Yes, of course, yeah. of course. So they're like, are you going on an adventure with David Suzuki uh, to discover exactly. the nature of things? Or, or like, what CBC is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I remember telling my boss, like, because again, I couldn't divulge many details. I just yeah. said, if I come back sooner, yeah. I will be sad. <laughs> and she was like, okay, so I guess I'll hope to see you in six weeks and not yeah. sooner. Yeah. I'm like, yep, that's, that's exactly it. And then once the uh, season had wrapped, we waited a few months and then they announced us and we were able to go public and everyone in my office was like, oh, that's where you were. That's really random. <laughs> wow. Um, did you do live viewing parties or how, did, how was the, the experience for you to watch your season? It was very strange. It's very weird to watch yourself yeah. on television. It's, and what uh, cuts did they do? Did they make you look good? Were you like, oh, and typically everyone on that show is pretty kind and yeah. warm-hearted. And yeah, 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 yeah. I think the editors and the story producers are really generous to all the competitors. So even when you look quote unquote bad to yourself, yeah. they, they make us all look and sound amazing. Yeah. So I was really happy with the edit. Um, the only thing that I was surprised to see missing <laughs> was how many times I cried. I cried, I think every episode, except like maybe th there might've been two episodes where I didn't cry, but I was such an emotional mess because I mean, for a lot of different reasons. Um, so that's one thing that was missing. So some behind, behind the scenes tea. Uh, but yeah, it was really interesting watching myself. I found, I learned a lot about myself. Um, I think I'm a pretty self-aware human, but I don't think, you know, it's a unique experience watching yourself in various states of stress and how your, you know, face and body react <laughs> to those pressures. So it was, uh, it was so interesting. I'm like, oh, wow, that's my stressed face. Or that's how, that's how my voice changes when I'm in a state of turmoil. Um, I make it sound like I went through war, but uh, it really was fun. I promise. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> very incredible. exciting. That's incredible. And, and yeah, and you see those like Myers-Briggs and Enneagrams or whatever, uh, Berkman's that tell you where you go and you're stressed in a work environment, but you got to physically watch yourself recorded forever in time 
how you physically, emotionally yeah. react when you're stressed. That's that's incredible in a, in a very pressure situation. So, okay, being in retail uh, and the marketing of, you know, with Retail Council of Canada and then watching the show, I notice, and, and sometimes I watch shows and I see fun product placements, right? Like, oh, there's a Ford truck or there's a, you know, Nissan Versa, right? And Heroes. Um, but I notice on the great Canadian baking show, everything is blank. It's all these like containers, but then Robin Hood flour. Tell me about <laughs> yes. that. Yes. Yes. So the show is, you know, very graciously sponsored by Robin Hood flour and uh, or Smuckers, which is a company that the umbrella company behind Robin Hood. Would that be Smuckers, Smuckers Jam, Jam as well? Yeah, Smuckers okay. Jam, okay. Um, Robin Hood Flour. What else do they have? Eagle Brand, Sweetened Condensed Milk. Okay. And and Carnation Evaporated Milk. I think those uh, are all the. So those the, you'll see in real life. Although you you yeah. never you never use real jam because you always make jam in the exactly. show. Exactly. Okay. We're on as on season one. You'll notice that bakers are using jam. They're using Smuckers Jam because it's okay. a sponsor. And okay. there was such a strong. Uh, viewer response to that, a negative one, that I think that's why they shifted away from that. Because, you know, the sponsors, they want their products out yes, there. And that's, yes. you know, that's what they're paying for. That's what the yeah. agreement is all about. And that totally makes sense. But from a viewer standpoint, we're, we're, we want to see bakers bake. We want to yes. see bakers make things from scratch. So yes. whenever possible, they do yeah. that now. So hence the lack of Smucker's Jam now. Okay, <laughs> okay. But uh, Robin, but tell me about the relationship, like what, what it was like, to, you know, did you have to put the bag a certain way? And then tell me what it was been like with that relationship since the show. Yeah, so Robin Hood, I mean, they have a whole team, a whole culinary team and a culinary okay. sponsorship team that deals with the product placement. So, yeah. you know, those are just the bags and the packaging. You know, I'm, I'm looking over here because I have a few bags of Robin Hood flour right now. It's like nice. I'm on the show right now. Um, but, you know, they will cover up the labels of the products that are not sponsored yes. or products that might be competing with the sponsor. And then, you know, the products that, that are sponsors, they just have them out in plain view. Sometimes you'll have a producer come by and be like, Colin, I'm just going to move this bag just so we can see the label, but keep doing what you're doing. You know, yeah. so there's a lot of magic okay. that happens behind the scenes. And uh, in terms of my relationship with Robin Hood since the show, I'm very happy to have an amazing relationship with that brand, with that company. They uh, hired myself as well as a few other alumni bakers to be the, the stars of their 2021 commercial campaigns. So I was part of the, what was the name? The Dobros campaign, which is at the beginning of 2021. And that ran through season four of the show. And then most recently, the campaign was called Behind the Bake. So it was sort of like a, uh, I guess, sort of like the inside the actor's studio kind yeah. of vibe. It was like a round table about baking um, where myself and two other bakers discussed all things baking and talked about the brands. And it's really cool. They sent me uh, five huge bags of flour as a thank you, <laughs> which was very nice. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say that I've actually gone through all five bags. And I feel like any normal home baker, it would take them... Maybe a couple of years to get through yeah. that much flour, but yeah. I'm, you know, not your average <laughs> home baker in terms of frequency. Not and not to kind of paint you in a corner anyway, but two two questions I have. One is Saturday afternoon, you've got the afternoon free, somehow no work, no commitments, nothing, and you want to bake something for yourself. What do you bake? And then the second one being Sunday, you've got maybe a new neighbor's just moved in, or there's someone you're gonna go visit. What, what do you what do you take them? What are, what are, I'm curious about those two things. That is such a timely question because I just had a couple friends over yeah. um, and they are neighbor, they're neighbors and they're like new-ish friends and I'm just obsessed with them. And um, I had them over for an afternoon tea because why not? Yeah. And I made them, in addition to some other items, I made a, uh, a custard fruit tart. So pâte sucre base, um, creme pâtissière, 
and then uh, various fruits and jams and then topped with whipped chantilly cream. So that's sort of my like homey showstopper that yeah. I would give to someone that I'm trying to impress. And then in terms of things that I want to make for myself on a regular basis, I mean, unfortunately, I have to watch my waistline and I have to consider my health all the time. So I very rarely bake something just for me because I'm always eating the scraps of everything that I make for everybody yeah. else, whether that's an order or like a sponsored social bake, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I can be pretty basic, you know, a nice brown butter chocolate chip cookie really yeah. hits the spot. Um, I will often take the trimmings of cakes that I've made yeah. and make a trifle for myself. So sort of like a, you know, like a hodgepodge delicious bowl of things, like a smoothie bowl, yeah. but nothing about it is healthy, yeah. you know? So yeah, those, those are a couple things that I uh, churn out on a regular basis. I, uh, you ask this question I, I, of a chef, typically, they'll often say, and if you know any chefs, they'll often just say, oh, I'll make a grilled cheese. I'll make like, because yeah. the, the, <laughs> they'll, they'll, even before a shift, I remember working in a restaurant and, and it was a great restaurant in Tawasson, British Columbia. And they make great, the, the guys would always cook something so simple. Like, like they put a chicken thigh on the thing and have some bread and it would just be a chicken sandwich. Like yeah. nothing fancy. Because um, it's almost like the shoemaker's kid's shoes right or the mechanics car you don't often take care of yourself but you're always serving others so yeah and i remember i used to watch do you remember that show on tlc trading spaces yes of course yeah, yeah. loved trading spaces yes. and i remember there was an interview with one of the carpenters and they said you know it's so embarrassing when you visit my home because nothing is complete because my work is beautifying other people's homes and working on the, all these custom projects that i don't really think about doing that for myself because that's like my me space and yes. like it's it's always second thought um, and I guess that's sort of like that for me. I'm like, you know, I have to tackle on these complicated culinary projects for other people. So for myself, like, I'm very happy having like, this is so boring, but like a bowl of Greek yogurt with a little bit of jam in it. Maybe Smucker's Jam from a sponsorship. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I'm a simple guy at heart. Yeah. So when you, I, I caught something you said, you said I order. So do you do baking orders for people? Like kind of like a private thing? I do, I do uh, custom orders. I, I function as sort of a secret menu in that yes. I don't have anything posted online. Yeah. I don't have any menus. I don't have a website. But if someone reaches out to me and the timing is correct, I will absolutely take, absolutely take on custom bake orders. I've done things as like grand as like a wedding cake yep. or like cookies for like a corporate event yep. or something as simple as like someone just wanted a batch of like very specific brownies and I, I can do that you know wow. um from time to time but i've come to i've come to realize over the years since being on the show like what i want to do with this baking area of my career and i think a lot of us alumni from the show or any reality show really yeah. Um, we have to figure out like, what do you want to do with this platform and with this exposure hmm. and like, what's worth your time? And for yeah. me, like the reason why I'm like a secret menu is because I, I don't want to be in food production, like mass food production yeah. as a career. Whereas the food media yeah. area of my life, I'm very happy to like feed and water yeah. that area of my life. That's incredible. So I, I got to ask when you're baking and, and, and still today, do you ever hear Bruno's voice in your head? <laughs> Always. Bruno and Kyla are always in my mind. Okay. And um, 
you know, positive and negative. Yeah. Because there's, of course, anxiety in being judged by internationally but acclaimed They're quite bakers positive and chefs. people, though. Like, there's no, there's, uh, what, yeah. what's, like, the, the, the judges? Like, um... Hollywood, right? Like, There's no like, Paul he, Hollywood. You no, know, yeah. he he can be a little more <laughs> intense and a little more critical. Whereas I feel like Bruno, I've I've only maybe once or twice seen him even be slightly neutral or negative ever. Mm -hmm. They're really positive. And what I like about their feedback and the way that the feedback is edited also, because they provide way more feedback oh, than okay. hits the air. Because I didn't realize that the show is. Yeah, is with commercials. It's like forty-five minutes long. Yeah. Like once you take those commercials out. Um, and each judging can last up to 20 minutes, but oh, you're only going to see like 10 that. seconds per baker. Yeah, because, you know, it does take two days to film every single episode. So there's so many learnings yeah. that they imparted on us as competitors That's and bakers. Incredible. It, it really was. And I felt like they treated their jobs as educators as opposed to just judges. So when they give you feedback, they always give you a tactic to make it better when you do it, if you do it again. Yeah. And so, yes, I definitely have them in my ear at all times, either telling me to do things better or remembering feedback that they gave me and little tips and tricks. So, you know, the baking show was like baking boot camp. We yeah. all learned so much in a very intense, short amount of time. Yeah. Uh, Bruno was here recently in Cloverdale, uh, Surrey, just outside Vancouver, doing a pop-up patisserie. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that right, and and so I I went to go. I wanted to go see. Him. I never got to see him because I I wanted to like bring him something like oh. bake a cookie and and just have him like you know taste it or cut it up and say yeah. something. And I just for fun because I'm like I watched him for so long. Totally. Um, can you do his voice? Can you can you impersonate? I, I think I can. I mean. How, what would he often say? He'd be like, where is, where is the butter? In, or no, what does he say? He says, um, temperature. He always adds the extra French syllable. Or not the yeah. extra French syllables, but pronounces things in the way that, you know, French people read things. Or he, he says, um, I love the way he says, texture. Yeah, it's uh, beautiful. It's just, yeah, it's a beautiful accent. And yeah. a lot of people have asked me if it's real. <laughs> and it is real. I mean, the man is from France. He's, yeah. not, from, he's not from Quebec. He's from, he's yeah, from like, French like high, And it's, it's a high <laughs> French accent. It's yes, beautiful exactly. to listen to. It yeah. really is. Yeah. And um, my, uh, my, sister, my oldest sister, Denise, yeah. she does an amazing impression of Kyla. Oh, and nice. I, Kyla has a very specific cadence to the yes. way that she gives yes. her feedback. Yeah. And it's very, I think Kyla, you know, my season was her first season of the show. Yeah. And I, as soon as I met her, as soon as I, I had a judging with her, I was like, she's made for this show because the way that she presents is so, um, it, it's like she's an Olympic uh, commentator. Yes. It's so measured, but also there's enough variety to make it interesting. Yeah. And she's just, uh, she's just great. She's just made for television. And she's worked in television for years prior to The Baking Show. Yeah. And, and speaking of which, like, I'm trying to actually remember who the host, because there's two hosts, those who haven't seen it. There's always two judges and two hosts. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember who you host, but I also don't really remember who the winners were. Because I'm trying to think of, like, like if you think of Kelly oh. Clarkson, right? She won <laughs> uh, American Idol, right? But then, I can't remember what the year was, but I remember different years, you know, since American Idol has happened where the winner has gone on and maybe done, you know, not very successful, but, like, the runner-ups have gone on to be quite successful, mm -hmm. right? Musicians and, and professionally. And I feel like with you, I don't actually remember who the winner was from your season, but you have gone on to continue to develop and grow and invest and, and you know, your brand and your name is out there still. Since the oh, show. thank you, thank you. I I remember. I mean, thank you so much. And um, I remember Bruno said to us, we had a little bit of like a like a team bonding meeting after the semifinals, and this wasn't aired because this was private. And we had yeah. like 
10 minutes with Bruno and Kyla outside yeah. the tent nice. for them to give the finalists yeah. a little bit of advice and a little yeah. bit of a, a pep talk, which was very needed at that point because yeah. we were so tired. Yeah. And Bruno said, oh, you know what? I, this is not correct. This yeah. was something that he told me after the show had wrapped. Okay. Okay. Because I went to Vancouver, yes. November 2019, a couple weeks after Does he live the here finale in Vancouver? Aired. Is this his hometown? He lives in BC. I can't okay. remember what. I think he lives in Surrey. Okay. I can't remember. I have his home address, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we went up for a coffee and he said, you know, Colin, he was so forthcoming with advice. It was so amazing. Uh, and he said, you know, it's not always the winner who achieves the greatest success after the series. It's, it's sometimes the runner up. And he gave the example of Megan, who was a runner up on season two. And she's gone on to do amazing things. She did the Robin Hood commercials the year after her season. Um, she does custom bakes and has a lot of different clients. Um, and I really took that to heart. And I remember thinking, you know, I really do have an opportunity to make or to carve out another area of my career from the show. And that really helped uh, light a fire under my butt to, to go after certain opportunities. And I'm so lucky to, to have done all the things that I've done since 2019. That's amazing. So, okay, could you make a bake, but then get it to BC? Or would, or would you just keep it in the GTA because of, of you know, time and temperature and yeah, travel I have, issues? Uh, someone asked me, like, would you be able to ship a cake? To a, a different province be, or to oh, like a cake would be a, tricky. A yeah. cake would be so tricky. I think like there are certain things like cookies might cookies travel could. well. Okay. Yeah, something dry would travel something well. Something dry. But, yeah, but right now all my custom orders are all they're all for pickup and they're all yeah. within the GTA because of where I'm located. But who knows? Maybe someday. And if shipping ever gets you know oh. less expensive. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm trying to think of my my friend Scott who introduced me to the show. I'm like it'd be so fun to surprise him with like cookies from Colin, right? Oh, <laughs> like like, maybe. I mean, like check be it so out. Nice. <laughs> um, no, that's really cool. And and for you, kind of like marketing wise, as far as like when you see yourself in the job you have, um, what do you love about it? Like what, when when you think of your marketing career and, and, and what you're doing with Retail Council, maybe share a little bit about that, like your day job. Yeah. So my day job, I'm, I'm the marketing manager for Retail Council yeah. of Canada and we're a trade association. We represent and advocate on behalf of retailers across Canada, large and small, like any type of retail you can think of we have a hand in that and we, we support those businesses. And what's amazing about my job is I do so many things. Yeah. I, I look at my weekly task list and I'm like, I, A, feel like I'm gonna explode, but yeah. B, feel so lucky to use yeah. so many different types of my skills. So and what do you use to manage that task load? What tool? Oh my gosh. Right now I'm using Microsoft OneNote. Yes. But yes, we're okay. also using yeah, we're also using Microsoft Planner as yes. a department. Okay. Which are all fine. You know, I'm still trying to find the perfect tool. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's it kind of like hard. It's and it's a horrible saying, but it's kind of like the like what is it? The the, the devil you know, right? Or or yes. you know, or or you know, the what is the the worst of the of all evils, right? The, yeah, the, yeah. Because I like we're on Basecamp too, and if we meet another agency who's like on Asana or someone's on like. Uh, Rike or Notion, it's kind of like, oh, we, you know, it's like, oh, you're a different type of agency or, or what yeah. works best for your personality too, right? Like, yeah. are you a PC or a Mac person? Exactly. So I'm, I'm a little bit of both because okay. for my person, right now I'm on a Mac because okay. I'm, I'm off the clock right now, yeah. but I have a PC for work and I've always been a PC person, but I just recently made the shift over to Mac. Um, the only thing about Mac is like, they always want to talk to their other devices. Yes. Yes. And I am an Android user for my oh, mobile. Wow. Okay. And I used to have an iPad, a really old iPad. So I'm just like a huge hodgepodge. I'm like, I'm tech savvy to a point. Yes. But I'm not tech streamlined, I would okay. say. 
Um, but yeah, in terms of like, like I do so many things at work. I'm trying to think of like all the things that I did this week, like social media campaigns, paid yeah. advertising, you know, we do a ton of email marketing. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, you know, like it, it really runs the gamut. We do so many things at RCC. And what I love about my job is, again, I get to do so many different things, but above all, I get to be creative. Yeah. And that's something that I've always, you know, it's always been really important to me to use my creativity. Yeah. I have a background in the arts, the visual yes. arts, as well as performing arts. Yes. And I think like, you know, if I was in a job where I couldn't be creative at all, I would feel really dead inside. So yeah. I'm, I'm really lucky to use creativity in all areas of my life and career. So quick snippet, I don't need to go deep into this, but like what's the, the, the hot take on the future of retail for Canada? That's oh gosh, the future of retail, you know, it's so funny. Like the future of retail is all, it's like yesterday yeah. because it's always changing. Yes. I think something that we keep hearing about, and this isn't gonna be groundbreaking or new, but personalization is only going to get more sophisticated yeah. and therefore, in my opinion, more creepy. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes it feels like I'll just think of a product and not even say it out loud. And then all of a sudden on my Instagram, I see an ad for it. It's just amazing. The sophistication of data collection and, and personalization. And obviously there are there are privacy, you know, issues to to account for and consider, but you know, personalization, it is, it, it makes for convenient shopping. And I think yeah. retail, successful retailers are going to really lean into that. Yeah. I also think, and this goes for marketing any types of products, whether it's retail or service, um, influencers. Influencer marketing has really evolved to the yeah. point where it's not just about engaging an influencer who has the most followers. Yeah. I find, and especially now, like I am technically like a micro influencer in the culinary yeah. space. Yeah. And brands are really trying to cultivate relationships with influencers that feel authentic, yeah. that don't just get them the impressions and get them the eyeballs on their products, but get them the right audience yeah. and the right customers to build loyalty. So and yeah, it's all just about getting into those niches. Let me argue this back. I'm gonna flip this on you. I'm gonna say, so you're talking about being an influencer and it's their audience, but how would you argue, if someone's trying to figure out, okay, I want Colin, I wanna engage Colin, and I'm gonna use you as an example, so this is perfect, because I'm gonna get personal here. And I want Colin to, um, I, I have this, uh, it's not, it can't be flour, but I've got this bakeware, I've got bakeware. Mm -hmm. I want Colin to use my bakeware. But it's like, I'm not as interested, because I'm trying to figure out pricing and what to pay you. Mm -hmm. But it's like, well, I also have a, a quote in from a videographer and a photographer, but it's like, and, it, and let's say it's for $10,000 for a videographer, mm -hmm. photographer to shoot on my bakeware. But then you come back and said, hey, for $10,000, um, you're gonna get these reels, you know, this TikTok, this this video. Um, but it's but you're also you're paying for the actor, which is me, the voice talent. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna write it, and it's gonna come from me. And I just so happen to have this great following. But I so basically you're paying me to create something. And I feel like there's a change almost from influencer to creator because you are a form of videographer, but you're like all in because yeah. I'm watching that shit. And are you seeing that now? Like like as a, as both a creator. And an influencer who is, you know, how do you, what, what do you call yourself? You say well, you're my. That is so interesting because I engaged with a brand last year. Yeah. And it was that exact situation. Okay. It's so funny that you, you brought up those examples because I worked with a brand and we needed to come up with these culinary videos. And I was the one writing the script, yeah. testing the recipes, baking the beauties, doing my at-home set, yeah. the only things that I didn't have to do, literally the only things I didn't have to do 
were setting up the camera and doing the audio. Everything mm -hmm. else was myself. You know, again, script writing, on-screen presentation. Yeah. Yes. You know, things that we might not think about. Makeup and hair and wardrobe, oh, you yeah. know. And then uh, did you publish it as dressing. well? Were you also a publisher and syndicator? Because exactly. Because syndicated on your, your personal channels. Yeah, and I think brands, they really have to think about, you know, these influencers or these content creators, I guess that's sort of a better uh, title for me, a content creator, they're doing so much and they're making it really easy for brands. And I think yeah. a successful, like, content creator partnership with a brand is, you know, allowing the content creators or the influencers to inhabit their own style so that it yes. really is authentic. Yes. Um, and don't don't give them too many restrictions. You know, like yes. you've, cre you've created this relationship for a reason. Yeah. Let the influencer be themselves and then yeah. you'll be able to create more authentic content. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And, and if you could speak to those in retail right now as far as like, hey, here's some like, you know, trends you're seeing for the year. Something that you're watching. Uh, what's your advice? What, what kind of I would, would say, you? and this is like so, it's a bit of a Debbie Downer, but... <laughs> You know, every brand, retail or not retail, we have to be really, really clear about our health and safety measures yeah. and how we're keeping our staff and our, our team and our customers safe. Yeah. I think we're also seeing, you know, a greater commitment to diversity and inclusion. You know, not just slapping on a Lunar New Year promotion on a new brand of shirt or a new line of skincare products, you know, really being transparent about how diverse is your team, how, how, cognizant of racial bias is your training for your staff you know just being a totally transparent business and doing all the right things and letting everybody know that that's what you're doing and that goes for any type of business retail or not 
Okay, so someone once um, reached out to me from a, a marketing association and said, hey, we're, we want to mentor uh, indigenous youth. This was after 215, and they're like, it'd be amazing. We thought, Darren, you're, you're indigenous. You might know, has, how do we find indigenous youth to mentor? And I was like, oh, I, I, could, you know, I know some places I could find. And, and I said, by the way, do you have any indigenous mentors? Have you found it? And, and they said, no. There's no, there's no one indigenous in marketing, like at the level of mentor level. And I was like, so I was like, well, I think there is. So I was like, so I was challenged. And I said, okay, put a pin in it. I'm going to go find them. And I went and found, and I, but at the same time I was like, yeah, it was, I found them, but it was very hard to find them. There mm -hmm. wasn't a lot. So I'm trying to think, what would you say is, you know, trying to grow that and nurture that? How do we see more indigenous uh, people of color, black people in marketing and in this industry? What would, what would you say is, do you know the answer here? <laughs> I, I don't know the I, the thing is I guess I do know the answer. Good. They are out there. Come on. They are out there, but we do have to work to get there to get them to inhabit the seat at the table. And I had this conversation with someone in HR and we were just talking about diverse hiring yeah. and diverse casting and some people say, "You know, well, sometimes we're finding the BIPOC talent, but they're not exactly right for this role." And you know, if we have to choose between picking someone who's right for this role and picking someone from a BIPOC community or BIPOC identity, you know, we have to pick who's right for the role. And I said, you know, if we continue thinking that way, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of BIPOC people like us never seeing ourselves in executive positions and never seeing ourselves in, in positions of power and, and role model positions. So if you really care about and believe in diversity and hiring and and um spreading the wealth if you will the talent is out there you really you just have to work a little bit harder to find it sometimes yeah no that's that's so good and i i have some empathy for this this woman who called because i was like i really and, and when i asked her a bit more she's like she i really she didn't have any friends that weren't that, that you know all of her friends were white and and mm -hmm. all of her coworkers were white and so in her circles, and, and then I said, and I, you know, I kind of, you know, I called back and I said, I found some folks and, and, and she was explaining how like the board, the, the, the leadership meeting were all white and all of their peers were white. Um, and then even that, that same year was the same year when I was like, Hey, we want to do a fun little award show. And then I, we investigated what kind of marketing award show we're in Canada. And we realized every single award show in Canada, uh, and, and a few even big ones in America were only all white juries and almost yeah. over 80% male uh, juries. Yeah. And I was shocked. And so we put together a jury member. And it, but the saddest but exciting part was like, we had the first marketing award show jury that had non-white jury members. And I was like, why is Amazing. that a thing? <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think, I mean, there are many reasons as to why these is panels- Is our industry these... racist, Colin? Yeah, I, but, racist? <laughs> well, you know what's sad? I think every single industry is okay. racist. I really do. And that goes for marketing, goes for retail. I thought we were safe culinary. though. I thought we were like are cool we? and creative. <laughs> I thought that like growing, you know, seriously, until a couple years ago, I was so naive and just thought, yeah. oh man, we're super like embrace everyone, colorful rainbows, yeah. like, but no. But then we encounter red tape and then we encounter people who are not as forward thinking as, as you or I am potentially. But, you know, I think every industry there is there is systemic racism in every single industry and it's up to us and it's up to leaders to uncover that and make the changes and if you you know sometimes those changes have to be drastic if you have an all white panel for an event or an all white judging panel for an awards program like if you see that you got to change it yeah. because you know it's it's not good no and no you know how can how can any awards program or how can any 
speaker event be legitimate if we don't have diverse voices, you know, saying their bit? Yeah. Because then it's just a bunch of the same types of people talking to each other. And or talking to diverse audiences and, and establishing the status quo when really like, you know, there was no one like, for example, like there was no one like me you know, inhabiting a similar role as I had have on stage or on television. Yeah. So like, you know, it's all about building role models. Yeah. Also, you know, letting people see themselves so that they feel comfortable pursuing certain dreams or pursuing certain jobs and industries. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's something that we can talk about for hours and hours and hours, but no, I, and there's I, not, there's no one solution. We just all have to do, we just all have to do better every single day. I, um, I found a new love, Colin. I will admit this on this, on this show. Okay. Um, it's about landscape artists. It's okay. The best. It's the it's the BBC has the best landscape artists of the year. It's okay. incredible. So think oh. like think great you know the great British baking show, but landscape artists. Oh, I remember, cool. Okay. I remember watching it because it's very relaxing. It's very soothing. Totally. <laughs> like tea drinking, painting. <laughs> it's beautiful. So I think I think you'd love it. But then okay. I remember watching and and they again I was like oh it's going to be only white painters. It's the UK. It's pretty. but they're they again they did the work and I think yeah. that's I think that's the thing is like they did the work and I think they got uncomfortable like they chose mm-hmm. to find people and I think that's where. Like even now, like looking in positions of leadership and and people joining boards or people becoming um, advisory board members or, uh, you know, paid board members, it's like will existing, pre-existing power structures do the work and get uncomfortable, right? I I love uh, Miss Frizzle. She 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 has this amazing school bus. It's magical. And she would always say, get messy, make mistakes and have fun. And I think there's so much fun when you can have those those voices there. Yeah, and we are going to make mistakes yeah. and that's okay. Oh, totally. yeah. but the point is, if you're making mistakes while doing the work yeah. to get to the proper goal, then yeah. that's not a bad thing. Yeah. And speaking of like, you know, diverse casting, yeah. I remember hearing unfortunate rumblings once the cast of the baking show had been announced every single season because yeah. CBC and Proper Television who produced the show, I think they do a good job, especially year after year. Yeah finding diverse group of Canadians to compete on the show. Yes. And I think I I saw some chatter online, which was really horrible saying, you know, oh, I guess to get on the show, you have to be A, B or C. And they listed a bunch of, you know, we'll call it like minority status identities and things like that. Saying like, oh, but I'm like, you know what? Uh, Perhaps the people who are who are applying for the show are, you know, the like the majority, like, Let's say 90% of the applicants are white. Yeah. That doesn't mean that 90% of the people who are, who are on the show should be white. You know, we it's it's a television show. We and, have to and it represent represents Canada. Our, but it does represent our, I feel like it represents exactly. it so well. Like if you look at the population's, you know, numbers and that, it's it's incredible yeah. how they've done a great job. Like even, and I will say, okay, the recent season, and I'm trying to figure out like, how do you even say this? They had someone on the show, which I remember saying when I was thinking like, this is amazing. Because I feel like it's, I don't know if it's a person group, but it's someone who was just like, beautifully done up like just oh yeah. over the top you know like like like. i know who you're talking about yes but i was like but i was also I was like i was like that's really cool because people who like really like to dress up and really like to be done up they they want to see themselves on tv and yeah. they and, and the show typically has never had people that were really like made for tv people like models she was yeah. a very model like looking person and i was like that's amazing they even included models yes yeah <laughs> right very like, true 
<laughs> yeah, you know, you know, Canada is a real mosaic. We've got yes. a lot of different quote unquote types of people yes. and reality shows and speaker panels and judging panels. We need to reflect that. I really, you know, if we don't see ourselves, then we won't participate. Yes, yes. Come on. That's a so, great line. Say that again, Colin. If we don't see ourselves, we won't participate. And that is something that uh, has affected my life yeah. pretty deeply. I'm like, you know, I remember thinking like, oh, maybe I'll go after this career. Oh, wait, I've never seen anyone like me or who sounds like me do that. So maybe I won't. So for example, like throughout university, I did a lot of theater. And I, I'd like to say that I'm like a not failed actor, but a retired actor, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah that works. <laughs> yeah. You, and you, you and Drake... Like Drake, yeah. also retired actor, right? I don't know if many yeah. people know this. He was the uh, he was in Degrassi High, uh, played a guy in a wheelchair, and and yeah. I feel like that's really his claim to fame. He's gone on to uh, do some music stuff, but but he's a retired actor. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I, I remember thinking when I was in university, I'm like, you know, I could really go after this actor thing. I could really go out on all those musical theater auditions. And then I remember thinking, wait a minute, what are the stage shows that I could do? Okay, let's count them on one hand. Miss Saigon, Rent, uh, The King and I, yeah. maybe The Lion King, and that's and, and Kim's it. Convenience. If they were really like <laughs> they really were willing to stretch it, right? Yeah, and then in terms of television, there was you know in the '90s and the early 2000s, yeah. like there was usually like one Asian friend. Yeah. There weren't oh, yeah. a lot of queer people on television. No. You know, it's not a diverse space, and so I remember making an active active decision to not pursue that career which is honestly truly fine because I did eventually find my way acting anyway um and I've done a lot of cool things that I'm very grateful for but it's just sad to think of like a young person being discouraged because there's been no precedent set for yeah. them in terms of yeah. someone who's like them so and that's why again we got to do the work get um diverse people in executive roles or, or in decision-making roles because that's how we can actually progress. It's amazing. And, and give um, youngsters, <laughs> to call them youth, you know, <laughs> the youths, the youth northern stars to look to. Yeah. Right? And I think even, even you know, you working in marketing, like the, for people to know that, hey, the, you know, I, I could work in marketing one day or I could have yeah. that job one day and, and this person looks like me or I've been taught by, I had a, an instructor or a professor who looked like me. Like, I, I could do that. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You know, I love those. You know, I, I think some people criticize awards shows because mm -hmm. they're like, oh, yeah, it's a pay to play or it's like it's just for show or it's some brand. But I'm like, hey, man, the more awards show, the better. Like, if we can highlight more incredible people that could be celebrated, highlighted, promoted, then, hey, mm -hmm. more power to them. Yeah, absolutely. I also think I remember hearing some it was one of my best friends and he said it was a it was a talk show talking about what people were wearing yeah. at a recent award show, whether yeah. it was the Oscars or the Golden Globes or something. And he said, it was a little bit cringy because it felt like every person on the panel was trying to one-up the other yeah. person by saying, well, this person's wearing a black designer. Oh, well, this person's wearing an indigenous designer. Oh, well, this person is wearing an indigenous and queer designer. And it felt a little too on the nose. And I said, you know what? Whether it's on the nose or not, at least those people are getting recognized and mentioned on television. And that translates to dollar dollar bills, yeah. you know, and and support for BIPOC businesses. Yeah. So I don't think it's a bad thing, even if it is blatantly obvious yeah. that yeah. we are, you know, talking about diversity wherever we go. That's the only way that we're going to move forward, like yeah. I said before. 
we um I did a panel of like indigenous people in marketing. Just said, mm -hmm. I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna I found you. I'm gonna put you on a panel. We recorded. It was amazing. And I asked them this question. I said, Hey, have you ever seen yourself in marketing? And they all most of them actually all described this pain medicine with like <laughs> a guy with a big headdress on, and that was the only time. Or some yes. Like, oh my god, I know the one. Yeah. Yeah. Or government propaganda, like mm -hmm. uh, like government instruction and stuff. Although th this one female Deanna on the panel said, You know what? I actually remember a few years ago Sephora highlighted this incredible indigenous advocate and they had a big poster in the store and it was so amazing it so inspired me it was incredible and then so sephora this is this is pre blm before mm -hmm. all the acronyms came out and so but then sephora puts out this incredible video this last year um and hired indigenous uh, voices talent writers videographers even editors everything but then it, when it went public it was beautiful and gorgeous but then they got criticized because they forgot to include afro indigenous people and so then oh. they were, uh, you know, pressured because of the cancel culture to send a big apology out. And mm -hmm. but I was like, they're trying. I'm like, yeah. they're trying so hard. And I'm like, I love that Sephora, even before it was a thing, was doing something. And and then they tried to do something so amazing. So Sephora team, if you're listening, incredible job. You know, haters are always gonna hate. So yeah, yeah. yeah like I said, we're always gonna make mistakes when yeah. we're trying something new, and. You know, as long as we learn from them, yeah. you know, we're still doing good work. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. So um, do you still watch the show? Are you still a fan? Do you watch a it? A huge fan. Yeah. Okay. Of course. I, um, I was doing an Instagram live show yeah. uh, to do like a review and recap oh. with uh, Mariam Siddiqui from the Global Mail. And we did a weekly recap of the show on Tuesdays on Instagram. We got it sponsored, which was very exciting. Mm. Uh, but, you know, I feel like it's just part of who I am for now and forever. Yeah. Uh, because it really has changed my life yeah. in yeah. so many unexpected ways. I love the show, and yeah. we have a really big community of the the alumni from the show. Yeah. We have a we have a big WhatsApp thread with okay. pretty much every single baker from the show. Yeah. It's chaos because we've had five seasons now, so it's about fifty people on a WhatsApp thread. So sometimes I'll get one hundred and twenty nine yeah. notifications, yeah. but you know it's it's cool. Like I got to meet people from all across Canada from different walks of life different ages, you know, it's it's pretty amazing what the show does. And yeah. and any reality show will do that. Yeah. I'm just lucky that the Great Canadian Baking Show is so lovely. Yeah. Because I think if we were on something like, I don't know, I'm just gonna say like MasterChef yeah. or yeah. Survivor, yeah. Yeah. where yeah. there's a cash prize yes. at the end. Yeah. I think that, you know, that that um attracts different types of competitors. Yes. Yeah, like you, you sacrifice six, seven weeks of work for a glass plate. The the attempt yeah. for a glass plate. Exactly. Literally. Yeah, <laughs> like it's beautiful. It's beautiful yeah. in that, and it's so pure in that sense, and 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 amazing in that way. So I'm glad that the show is still going. I'm glad that you had a great experience during and after, and um and and it's incredible the way that you've I've even just been watching you grow in other areas and as you grow your creator side of things you know, or influencer side of things and what that looks like. So. Yeah, it's it's a really cool and unexpected journey that I've been on. And like, I'm so grateful again for all the opportunities that I've been given. And I'm so happy that the show was still on. I think it's now a Canadian classic. Oh yeah. I think it's here to stay. They did a Christmas this... special. I watched yes. the Christmas. Yeah, yeah they, they invited That's a few right. folks back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, and I was on it and it was ridiculous. And actually, I, I was lucky to be on both Christmas specials because the one after the end of my season, they brought me back as like a surprise singer at the end, which was really fun. And then uh, the holiday special this year, or I guess this past December, I was one of the competitors. So clearly I liked it enough to go back, you yeah. know. And uh, yeah, I think it's a true 
television classic now. Yeah. No, it's it's my family's favorite. We uh, we love it. It's it's a great. There's not a lot of shows you can watch as a family, um, mm-hmm. which I think it's sad. Like I, what we used to love to watch as a family actually was the uh, Great Canadian Race. That was Amazing Race Canada. I mean, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we loved it. We loved it. And and now it's we've got the the British Bacon Show, and then the, now the Landscape Show, which we love, and mm-hmm. and and we'll actually draw during it when we do the landscape show that's cool or or the baking show we'll sometimes even come up with baking ideas afterwards and, and oh, try fun. things and it's it's so cool i love um, that yeah i am um, i've been approached by random children on the street yes and oh, it's you, so well, bizarre if my like, kids saw you they would know you they would be like <laughs> that is a celebrity he is a tv that makes star. me that delights me and and surprises me because i i never imagined a, a young person watching this show and then i think you know what it's really family friendly oh. it's creative oh, it's yeah. fun to watch who doesn't love dessert who doesn't love bread you and you know? and you fight you, you kind of cheer for your person yeah which which yeah. is so neat right and so and and again little secret i don't think i said this in the email i've had it on but I'm like you are our family's <laughs> favorite like you are oh, our, who we cheer thank for, you. which i was That's so cool so nice. so i was like because i think <laughs> what it was what i like about the show too and it's in in that it is a canadian classic i like that you said that because you people were kind like it, it was, yeah. it was all about kindness. Like even I love the moments when people would bake or finish early and they go and help people, right? And, yes. And, and that that honestly sounds weird, but that's one of my favorite moments. Oh, I'm like, totally. Yeah, and you've been there. You were there, right? When I, I have been there. You and like we we've helped each other, and I remember my sister asked, like, "Well, doesn't isn't that kind of unfair? Because you're like, if someone's helping you, like it's their work too." And I remember saying. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. We're competing yeah. for a plate. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares if someone else helped pipe this buttercream? Yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah. It's just nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, question, guys, a practical question. Do you, mm-hmm. where does the food go after? Because I've seen okay, people yeah. eat them bits and pieces. And I've seen like, like Bruno joking about, well, I'm going to eat two of those. Like, and, yeah. and, and someone's <laughs> saying, oh, I can't believe you. Like, they talk about how what got eaten by the judges. Yeah. But, but, but there's, does it go to cast and crew type of thing? Or? So on my, I know it's different for every season because yeah. of COVID restrictions, oh, yeah, but on my season, um, they would save one portion of yeah. every single thing for the bakers. So we could yes. all taste each okay. other's creations. Which is so cool. Yeah, once the yeah. cameras are cut. But then the rest of it goes to the crew. Yeah. It goes to production and it goes to the hosts and judges. Yeah. I remember one day, it was after bread week, after our technical and I saw Carolyn and Aurora, who were the hosts on my season. And they're from Baroness Van Sketch, right? Yes, they're yes. from Baroness yes. Van Sketch. Which, which I love, love that. Okay, them. that show's done, right? It doesn't... It is make... done. They finished their... I think oh, it was five seasons, but it's, it's over. I love that show. Man, Me too. One Another of the best Canadian social classic. commentaries. Like, some of the yeah. episodes were so serious. Like, yeah. the one in the police um, building, <gasps> yes. right? Right? About, like, about, you know... Very serious topic. I mean, yeah, and 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 the one on um, indigenous acknowledgments. Like I yeah. actually, I, yes, it was incredible. Oh my and god, so, I I loved that skit because you know, and I have a theater background, and yes. literally just before lockdown, I was in a play at Buddies and Bad Times Theater in Toronto, and we had a full half day where we discussed our land acknowledgement because it was you know it's really tricky. Yeah. and you have to you have to strike the right tone. You yeah. have to uh, you have to say the right things also. Yeah. Um, but it also has to exist within this theater entertainment space. Oh yeah. So it's just, it's interesting. And I really think the theater community and the entertainment community is at the forefront of, of that. Oh yeah. Because they're the ones, we don't get land acknowledgements when we go to the movies. No. And why not? Yeah. So anyway, there's no land acknowledgements when I go to the mall. No, 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 it's no, 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 it's bizarre. 
So it, it, alumni, like the, the, do you feel part of also like the greater CDC family alumni as well on top of the, the show alumni? I guess, I guess so. I hadn't really thought of that, but I guess I am part of it. Yeah. You know what? Every time <laughs> over the holidays, every time the CBC would like post a meme about me yeah. specifically <laughs> from the holiday special, I was like, oh yeah, I guess I'm part of the CBC family now. That's pretty cool. That's I cool. mean, you know, I haven't been invited to be on any other CBC shows just yet, but fingers yeah. crossed, maybe the day will come. <laughs> I, um, I shared with my children recently the Log Riders Waltz. Which is okay. a CBC little mic? They used to do these micro cartoons, and it's about the log riders. And so I'm like, there are some CBC things like that, like classics I grew up with. It's fun to think that when they're older, they might show their kids. Here's the great Canadian baking show I watched. That's yeah, it's so true. I have um, I have a little niece. Yeah, she's just over two and a half, and uh, she watched the holiday special with with myself and my sister and my friends. And um, to her, my name is Tito C. Nice. Um, and I remember we'd be like, Paloma. Her name's Paloma. Paloma, yeah. like, who's that on television? She's like, Tito C. Yeah. And she looked like delighted, but mostly confused. Yeah. She yep. was like, but why are you up there? You're here. And like, yeah. what's happening? Yeah. So I'm curious to know. I'm sure we'll show her my season when she's a little bit older. And she'll yeah. be like, whoa, my uncle was on this random competitive reality show. That yeah. is very random and very cool. Hopefully she thinks it's cool. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this question because I'm, I'm really curious about this. Was it encouraged or was it initiated by you to incorporate so much of your culture into your bakes? I, it was never, it was never explicitly encouraged. Okay. I just knew that it's something that I wanted to do. And I also, I thought that's a way that I can differentiate myself in an authentic way that nobody else would be able to. I was the only Filipino, I think I am the only Filipino competitor in the entire series, if I'm not mistaken. I think. To date. Um, to, date yeah, yeah. to date, I believe so. I'd have to go back and check. I'm pretty sure. But, but you did um, these micro-education moments. Like, I, mm. I, I love that about you. I think that was part of the and endeared me to you was, okay, he's, he, you know, it's like, there's certain shows, reality shows, where people try to, like, show off their personality. Like, I'm going to be mm -hmm. loud, I'm going to be colorful. But it was like, you were, you, you were colorful and loud, and I loved it. And you sang, and you were this, like, great person with a, a, a entertainment background but you also like got told about the story about your family and, mm. and your culture and you took it really seriously and you did it in such a caring way i thought it was so touching oh thank you i remember um <laughs> i remember crying during international week because they said like this was during those interviews outside and they asked me something like what does it mean to you to make something from your culture and i remember i started crying because it, it really felt really surreal to be able to do to do that on a national show. And I remember thinking, like, it is complicated being a third culture kid. Yeah. You know, I have parents who were born in the Philippines. They immigrated to Canada. I was born in Canada. Um, I don't speak any Filipino dialect myself. Um, I, you know, I can be seen as not Filipino enough. I could seem as not Canadian enough. Um, and so it's very emotional to put yourself out there and to engage with your culture in a meaningful yeah. way, especially in a public way. Yeah. And very like, public. You know, very public. And I'm sure there are a lot of Filipino people who were like, that's not a real ube yeah. cake or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it was really important to me. And I remember thinking, like, if this is if this is the only thing I do on the show, I'll be really proud. Yeah. I was I was really moved by that. And I just thought and I think, again, part of the reason I want to watch it with my kids is like, it's a great show. It's very soothing, very relaxing. 
but also those education moments of like, this mm. is Canada. Look at our diverse quilt of our nation, right? Yeah, not every cake's going to look the same. It's not going to taste the same. It's going to be like <laughs> new recipes and new, like new ingredients even. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember like, especially I think Chris from my season, Chris and I were, were usually presenting the, the judges with something that they hadn't had before from, from a culture and cuisine that they weren't familiar with. And like, that is cool. And that goes to show like, you know, uh, an internationally acclaimed chef can still be surprised and can yeah. still be educated about something new yeah. because, you know, we know what we know and there's so much that we don't know yeah. and we have to be open to learning. That's awesome. Colin, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a huge highlight of my year so far. Happy 2022. <laughs> Happy We're 2022. here. <laughs> can you believe it? <laughs> we, we made it. I, okay. Someone said the other week, someone said 2022 owes us. This year owes yeah. us. And I was like, I was like, it's a bit, uh, you know, you know, what's the term like entitled, but also I was like, he's like, last couple of years weren't so great. So I think they owe us this year. This year. I was like, oh, that's a neat attitude. I mean, I think, I think 2022 does owe us and I don't know if it's going to deliver, yeah. but <laughs> we'll see. I mean, you and I are alive and healthy, so yes. that's a plus and that's all I can wish for anybody else listening and yeah. we just got to keep on keeping on. And if you are in certain circles in the GTA area and you are kind and loving to someone and, and you know, very encouraging, they may be so motivated to seek out uh, Chef Colin to acquire <laughs> what his latest secret menu is and maybe send you some beautiful baked goods. This is so true. you can, can only happen. hope. You can only hope. That gives you hope for, for <laughs> that's for true. The future. Yes. That's what yes. we gotta focus on. As yes. marketers and humans and yes. Canadians, we just gotta focus on hope because you know, things can always get better and things could always be worse. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Colin. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. Thank you for joining us this week on Marketing News Canada, and we'll see you next time on the show. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.